This is Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. This is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and hopefully yours, maybe. Joined again, as always, by Craig Moorhead. Craig, son of sons, king of kings. How are you? Oh, man. I'm doing a lot better with that <laughs> intro. Yeah. How, how's this fine November week treating you? It's it's doing just fine. I mean, it's it's cold now. It's, it's colder. Yeah. It's like cold and rainy, which reminds mm. me of... Honestly, it reminds me of school, but it just it, it actually puts me more in the mood for this time of year. So I actually kind of like that. Good. That's how it's working out for me. How's it working out for you? No, not so bad so far. You know, it's going quick. I'll say that much. And yeah. I'm starting to get that sort of, it's not quite existential dread, but that like a couple weeks, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving's almost at the very end of November this year, which means a couple weeks more. Christmas. Yeah. It's going to be a one-two punch. Yeah. I think it's going to zoom by here way quicker than this podcast is going to go tonight oh a lot quicker yes (laughs) well hey if people are induced into a trance like state uh listening to this episode and they want to want to hear more or know more about us where would they go online craig well they could find us at the neverheardpodcast.com sean first of all they could go to that website where they'll find a bunch of write-ups on our long episodes and they can find bios about us they can find every episode we've ever done and listen to them in order or shuffled. Yeah, however you want to, you know, maybe you want to surprise yourself. Or you do what I do with a lot of these podcasts, and I go through and I look at every every you know title to see if they're talking about a movie that I'm interested in. And that's mm-hmm. usually how I'll get into it. But then you find out that every podcast we've done is filled with, filled with diamonds. Yeah. They can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And those are all places where I imagine you, you, you listeners... You lovely listeners, you can you can get in touch with us if you want to. You can you can share your your stories, your struggles with us. We can send healing mind waves through the podcast to you. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it right now. It's worth a shot. Yeah, and then uh, podcast wise, you can find us on Spotify and on uh, Shrifter. Nope, on <laughs> Shrieker. What's the what is this? Stitcher. Stitcher. Thank you, <laughs> and and also iTunes. And on iTunes, for sure, if you could leave a, a, a review or subscribe to the podcast, that would help other people also find the podcast, which would make our, our circle of friends larger until we become some sort of, I don't know, like an army. Mm. Something to think about. Yeah. How do you feel about all that? I feel good about that. And uh, if there's someone out there who's developing an app and you mm. need a name, I feel like Shrifter, if that hasn't been used. Shrifter. That's free of charge. You can use it. Hey, I'll tell you something else that's free of charge. Movie talk. Movie talk. That's right. And we're going to talk about the Street Fighter today. We teed it up last week. This is a 1974 martial arts film starring Sonny Chiba. But first, I'd love to know what else you've watched. Sean, I'll tell you. The only thing I've really watched since the last time besides Street Fighter is the Netflix series Daybreak. If you've not heard of Daybreak because you're still shifting through the 49 million other series on Netflix, Daybreak is a post-apocalyptic story 
about teenagers who have survived nuclear, basically like a nuclear holocaust type situation. And they've kind of set up their cliques all around the, the area. But now they're like, you know, fighting for survival. A lot of the adults, the surviving adults now, they all they do is say the last thing they were thinking and eat the flesh of kids. And man, as I'm describing it now, I'm like, that sounds like a cool show. <laughs> and I, I think there are lots of people who enjoy it. I do not enjoy it. I did not enjoy it very much. A lot of energy, a lot of creativity in it, Sean. Yeah. But it was really, it was really wanted to just be filled with like John, like it wanted to be the John Hughes post-apocalyptic show yeah. because it would just, it constantly dropped John Hughes movie references and used John Hughes movie songs and stuff like that. And mm. lots of other 80s movies references and so on. Lots of references, just a lot, ton of references. A lot of kids saying bad swears and being way cleverer than actual teenagers. But man, it was like it was it was painful for me. Uh, it, it 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 never really struck me as very funny. And how many how many episodes did you watch? I we watched all of them. Here's the thing. Wow. Okay. So well, you stuck with it though. My wife, she started out. She really liked it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Yeah, you got to check this show out." So I'm like, "All right." And I watched it, and I got I got like three episodes in, and I was already like, like I kind of don't like it. There's not really. <laughs> Well, what's interesting is like if anyone who's listening is like, you know, writing stories or, you know, outlining stories, stuff like that. I think it's an interesting thing to look at because from my point of view, it felt first drafty in a way where there's tons of ideas, just just tons of ideas. Mm -hmm. But they never really come together and become one story. And it's kind of it's kind of this thing where and I've definitely done this because I'm a terrible writer is like I kind of start forcing ideas it's like I'm trying to force the reader to accept that 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 I know what I'm doing. Does that make any yeah. sense? And so, got, so like, yes. I, I keep coming back to these touchstones, like characters saying a, a thing over and over again as if it means something. And then mm. in the end, then it's like, that nah, didn't mean anything. They just said it a bunch <laughs> of times. Like, And that's sure. something I would totally do. I, I saw a lot yeah. of myself in, in the show, I think, is the thing. <laughs> so I don't know. That was my takeaway. I, I don't know if it's been popular. It probably has. It certainly had a lot of very winsome uh, cast members and okay. Matthew Broderick's in it. And, and the character that he plays is, is an, like you can tell like when they came up with the idea for his character, it was like they knew they were onto something. But it, somehow it just did not get fully baked after that. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That, that didn't do a lot for me. But maybe something did a lot for you in the last time uh, since the last time we talked. I watched a couple of things, Craig. A couple mm-hmm. of things. I rewatched The Karate Kid for the first time in a while. Yeah. The 1984 version. Right. Yeah, speaking of things that aren't overly complicated, The Karate Kid from 1984, it's it's pretty straightforward, you know. It really is. I was just uh, reminded of that pretty clearly this time watching it again and how quickly Daniel Sign goes from waxing on and waxing off to winning a tournament. Right. Pretty pretty quick there. Pretty quick. <laughs> Notice something I'd never noticed before watching it this time. In one of the scenes with, who is that, Martin Rove? Uh, Martin Cove, sorry. Sure. Uh, the Cobra Kai dojo, where he is speaking to Pat Morita, Mr. Miyagi, and Daniel as, as they've gone in the, the Dragon's Den there. Yeah. And uh, his entire class of students are there behind him. And in the background, you can see two of them clearly break and are laughing. I don't know at what. I don't think they're supposed to be laughing, but it's right. really, really evident. And one of them is the guy that um, played Lamar in Revenge of the Nerds. Remember him? The guy that threw the javelin. Oh, yeah. yeah it was a very, 
uh, overtly uh, stereotypical homosexual character. I mean, that's the same year even. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I love that actor. But uh, yeah, look for him. Look for him if you're watching that movie again. Continuing in the same era, I I don't know why I put this on, but I put on Back to the Future Part 2 and rewatched that for the first time in a very long time. Yeah. What's your take on that movie, Craig? Back to the Future 2? Well, I mean, it, it holds together pretty well as a story, but my feeling about that ever since I saw it the first time was that it just didn't have the same feeling as the first one. It just felt a lot goofier, and I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like everything sort of changed. It wasn't, it wasn't a sequel that I really recognized as being a, a true sequel to Back to the Future 2, but that's my own feelings. How did you feel about it? Well, the reason I ask is because like, I, I feel like there's a sentiment now going around that's like, oh, it's actually really, like a really good movie. It's just, you know, it's very different and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah. and I was like, well, you know, I haven't watched it in a long time. It's just crazy. Like, it's crazy. Like, that movie is yeah. crazy. The makeup is crazy. The age, you know, all, the back and forth is crazy. The amount of the first movie that is literally in the second movie oh, yeah. is kind of crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I do tip my hat to just how bonkers it is. But, yeah, it's... it's uh, it's apples and oranges there between number one and number two as far yeah. as the tone of it all, I guess. Well, but I guess anyway. that is the thing. I'll say this, and maybe this sounds totally ridiculous, but the first one feels more like it could actually happen. And then the second one feels like you're just totally in fantasy land. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, they were trying to, to really suspend any disbelief no. with number two whatsoever. But fun. It's fun. Absolutely. It's very fun. And then last but not least... I watched the movie Climax. The, oh, yeah. Uh, Gaspar Noé. I've seen parts of that. How is that? Well, I, it's bound to be his shortest movie in a long time, I, I would suspect, although I don't remember how quite long Irreversible is. But uh, what a weird, intense, and interesting freak show that movie is. It's, uh, it's about a group of dancers, like modern dancers, who are rehearsing. And then uh, they have a very, very bad experience in the second half of the movie. It never leaves this one location, really, but there's other locations in there. And it just turns into nightmare fuel for just a good 40 minutes of that movie, probably. Maybe not quite that. Maybe at least 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, I think with all of his movies, it's you're you just you're there for the experience. And I was just thinking about how much like I, I just feel like he doesn't like he doesn't care what he's doing as long as it irritates you on some level sure like, that's his goal as long as you're not like, comfortable yeah i mean you know there's some thematic stuff going on that's really interesting in some of the other ones but in this one it just felt like nope i'm just like i'm just gonna i'm gonna poke you with a stick until you react <laughs> and see if you'll turn away kind of thing yeah. but i made it through it and uh yeah i mean it's always it's always kind of interesting to see so climax it's on amazon prime get adventurous check it out i don't know why it's called climax no clue <laughs> lost on me yeah Fair anyway enough. shall we talk about the movie you didn't watch the street fighter yeah he's a tough man to let him live is taking a chance since he knows our secret he has to be killed terry sigori six foot six of half-breed fury but he's got a little problem he has a hard time making friends. You tell that bitch who sent you here. How sorry I am, I can no longer be her friend. The Street Fighter. If you've got to fight, fight dirty. 
This is the movie that IMDb tells us is about tough karate master Terry Sarugi as he takes it upon himself to protect a late businessman's daughter from the Yakuza. It was directed by Shigehiro Ozawa, and it stars, as we mentioned, Sonny Chiba. Sorry, they've got Shinichi Chiba here. I guess that's mm-hmm. his Japanese full name. Uh, Yutaka Nakajima, Chiyoko Kazama, Atsuko Shihomi, and a uh, slew of others. And honestly, I, I don't know that I could even match these actors' names to the characters' names because there's so many characters whose names I didn't get. Yeah. And there's just a lot of people in this movie. Uh, there's names that I heard in the English translation that I don't even know if I would be able to recognize the spelling mm-hmm. on here on IMDb. So I'm just going to send a blanket apology to the actors and any confusion that is about to ensue as we try to talk about this thing. Let's do it. Why don't we just start with Craig? You brought up this movie and suggested we check it out when I mentioned doing martial arts films. It was on our radar. We knew about it. We mm-hmm. knew Tarantino was a fan. Mm-hmm. Are you and Tarantino of the same mind here? What did you think of Street Fighter? The Street Fighter, sorry. I don't know. I don't know if I if I had seen this on my own, would I have walked away like, this is my new thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a bizarre movie. It's not really at all what I was assuming it was going to be. Which was what? I guess the best way to say is just like a a more serious martial arts movie. You were expecting a more serious martial arts movie? Uh, or yes. Less? Oh, okay. More more serious, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it just, the way it always seemed to have been described, and I mean, the whole reason I even know this existed in the first place was from when I went to see the movie True Romance, mm-hmm. and they go to watch Sonny Chiba movies, and he has this thing about how Sonny Chiba's a bad motherfucker and all that stuff. I, and I've just always remembered that, and like it just always seemed like, oh, that that might be cool. And I never, you know, took a took a second to watch any of them. I totally see why someone why this would get their hooks into somebody, yeah. Because it's it's there's nothing flat about it at all. <laughs> like it's really strange, but there's nothing like it is in your face the entire time and pretty neat. I certainly enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm a super fan. I don't know if I'd go through all the other movies, at least not by myself. But yeah, I enjoyed it a good bit. What about you? Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to figure that answer out. And hopefully, at least by the end of this episode, I'll, I'll have a more concrete answer. Now, it's interesting because my expectations, I think, were slightly different in that knowing that this movie was rated X for violence and was the mm-hmm. first movie in the U.S. to do so, I was actually expecting more crazy. And I felt like the, the train to crazy town, mm-hmm. cue the song Butterfly, Right, thank you. It was a little slow moving. It took a little while to get there, I think, for what I was, I was expecting some, I guess, a bit more gore. Sure. Just in the first half. Because well, I don't want to paint the picture that it's not there. Because, good right. God, by the end, it is there, right? Right. But it, it's also kind of funny to watch this and think about the fact that this is what would get you an X in 1974. Yeah. And just how, you know, in the last 45 years... I mean, this it's almost laughable that, that any of this would ever pass for real gore. I, in fact, clocked it, and I'm looking through my notes here, but I think I wrote down around the 38-minute mark that there was nothing to that point that would even remotely get you near an X rating. Sure. So I guess, yeah, I was just expecting, like, from the word go, it's just going to be pedal to the metal. 
and you know the body count would be in the thousands <laughs> and right. blood and limbs and and all that and again there's a lot of good you know stuff there to satisfy that itch if that's what you're out for but just know that i think it's going to take a little time to get there Mm-hmm. And then, as, yeah, as far as, like, the martial arts itself, it's just one of those things that's, like, found myself thinking about the fact that I was like, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy that there's not a lot of weaponry used in this movie. Right. Uh, again, until a little bit later. You know, I, I'm sure that's tied into my expectations of the rating and just other films that I've seen. But so I, I don't really know. You know, it, it could be one of these things that people really looked at, you know, that, that understand that world and had seen a lot of these movies like, wow, this is really different just from the fighting technique and the perspective sure. of it. I don't quite know. There is a reference to Bruce Lee himself in the film, I think, mm-hmm. if memory serves. It's more just hand-to-hand stuff. There's not, well, God, I was going to say there's not a ton of exaggeration, at least, well, in in the sense <laughs> that, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is exaggerated fighting, like that style, which I can't, I know has a technical term that I can't pronounce, and right. I'm not going to try. I don't feel like this is, like, a direct evolution to that, per se, but there, there's certainly exaggerated stuff. But I'll say, too, is, like, that's one of the things I didn't really expect was that, honestly, the fighting doesn't look like it's out of the realm of something that I could put together with like some of my friends. Like it's the stunt work is not what I would call exemplary. <laughs> yeah. And very seldom does it look like anyone's actually fighting like in a real painful way. So, so yeah. like that too was kind of like, it was kind of, um, well, it was surprising. It still wasn't disappointing because it was still something to, to really watch. Like, <laughs> You know, now, like, there's so much, I think, emphasis put on, like, perfect fight scenes. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's just, like, just going absolutely balls to the wall. Yeah, this is not at all. But there's a lot of intensity. Right. Like, the fights are not like, oh, wow, that fight was amazing, you know? Yeah, and so much of the fight sequences now, I think, are done with camera movement and editing, you know? For sure. Here, you know, I don't know what the budget was, but this looks like a low bu- a fairly low-budget movie, right? Yes. I mean, I think that that really affects how you shoot and construct a fight scene. What this movie really is, is a centerpiece for this guy, for Sonny Chiba. And I don't want to give any misdirection about that. This guy exudes. (laughs) He is dripping with some kind of personality. Now, Mm -hmm. maybe you're a better man than I and can really describe this character Maybe not. I don't know. If you don't even want to take a stab at it, that's fine. But uh, he's an interesting guy to watch. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Terry, as he's known to his friends, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is is one of the worst Americanizations <laughs> of a character's name. Like, Terry yeah. is not a frightening character, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Takuma is the Terry of Japan, but... I feel like it's not. But anyway, I know some fine Terry's. Don't get me wrong. I got an Uncle Terry, you know? Yeah. He's not a street fighter, though. I would say that he was an accountant. So None none of them are hired to go, like, mess people up. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, at least as far as I know. Anyway, so he is, uh, he's a scowler. He doesn't, he's not a, he's not a jokester. You know what I mean? He's (laughs) not, he's, he doesn't want to, he's not like Mr. Sunshine. He's, he's a little, uh, he's a bit down in the dumps. He's pretty angry. He really seems to he, he's he's pretty aggressive he really likes to fight people likes to kiss ladies too L- likes to kiss ladies especially when they don't want to kiss him <laughs> that seems yeah. to be a big draw uh-huh he's not a man for for our time 
Probably not. I think not. He, would, he would have been shamed pretty quickly for any number of reasons. He would have been canceled, I think. He, he would have been straight canceled. No, he would straight be straight canceled. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. And, and so, so what you have is you have this character at the beginning. The first time you meet this character, he's pretending to be somebody else. A priest, no less. A priest, right. So you meet him and he's a priest. He visits a, a, a cat in, who's in, not a cat, a person. I don't want people to be confused. I'm Hep Daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 he he visits this this fella in in prison, and they get into a a fight, as you might uh, imagine. Actually, yeah, it was not as I imagined. That was one of the weirdest things I think in the movie. Is that fight? That first fight was completely yeah. like in slow motion, almost like they were freeze framing. Yeah, which is yeah, I don't know, like it. <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go. We're getting this like, pew, 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 pew. it was just like, nope, not, not right. Off oh the yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You know, it did, it it did not deliver the goods. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And, and, you know, he, he, he delivers what's known as an oxygen coma punch to this prisoner. And then the prisoner collapses. And the whole way through this scene, I, I rewound it and watched it again because I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was a little behind the action myself until it was revealed a little bit later, but yeah. Right, because I, I guess that's the thing. Like, I got to the end of that scene, and I just felt like, like, was I supposed to think something else was going to happen? <laughs> because I had no idea what was happening at all. Yeah. And as far as I was concerned, it, it seemed like he killed the guy. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. But then they cart the guy away in an ambulance, and then we find out what the deal is, is then Sonny Chiba and his buddy Ratnose... <laughs> Well, I think came out with a better name as far as the Americanization. Yeah, that's a pretty great one. Yeah, Ratnose makes sense. But uh, he and Ratnose stopped the ambulance, right? Beat Mm -hmm. the tar out of the the people in it. Throws them down like in a mud puddle or something. Oh, yeah. Down to a ditch, basically, yeah. Right. And then they set the guy free, as I remember. I think they do set him free. Yeah. Sonny Chiba has been hired by somebody, right? Yeah. He goes into this prison... There's a guy on death row is about to be hung. Mm-hmm. They show us a newspaper headline. There's no subtitle, at least on Amazon, so you have no clue what it says, right? It's all in Japanese. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they get into a fight, which had something to do with the two of them studying different styles of karate Yeah. from different schools. And it ends in the result that you discussed. Yeah, it's a weird thing that Sonny Chiba was clearly in on this and set this whole up, but then he has to like kidnap him again instead of just like having like a fight scene there. It's kind of clever. But I think what happened is just like as long as he did this, got him out of there, turned him over to somebody, and I'm still not sure if it's like he was turning him over to other bad guys that wanted him. I don't think that's quite the case because they don't kill this prisoner. His yeah. name was Jin John, I think, or John Jin? John Jin, something Jun- like that. Junjo. Junjo. Sorry. Sorry, guys. That's okay. That's all right. But we don't see any of that. We hear later that he's like, yeah, he's smuggled into Hong Kong by now because of uh, how difficult it is to hide somebody in Japan after this kind of thing. Right. But I think that's all it. I think this guy is like, he is clearly just like an outlaw for hire, right? Yes. You need some kind of crap like this done, you go to Terry. Terry's your man. Terry, the the killer Bartholomew. Like, I don't know. Anyway. But uh, you're right. Like, in the moment, a lot of that stuff is really confusing to figure out, at least for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, it does kick off things a little bit. 
I was surprised to say, to see that there there was in fact some comedy. I think, and there's some humor in this movie. Oh yeah. One of those things being that sidekick rat nose. Our next scene takes place in what I assume is Sonny Chiba's apartment, and they're basically like an old married couple because oh yeah, rat nose has roasted a chicken which looked pretty good to me in the oven, but like Sonny Chiba's like, oh, I don't want that crap again. Right. He's just sitting there, they're watching TV, and he's eating an apple. It was just like the weirdest thing. Like, there's a version of this movie, and I wonder if they, well, I guess we'll get to this. They can't. But, like, if this was more of just like a, a two-hander, like a, a sidekick and a asshole story, like, I think right. a, it, it could have been really funny. And also, like, to, to keep it this violent, oh, man, it would have been crazy, too. Yeah. The thing that happens next really sort of kicks off the entire storyline is as they're sitting there watching TV and eating apples and Sonny Chiba's being an asshole to rat nose <laughs> on the <laughs> on the news. There's a story about and I, I missed like what the guy did, but some big wig, some titan of industry has died. They show a picture of this young woman who's the daughter of this guy, and they mention that she may not even know that her father is dead yet. And I was just like, that's a weird, you know, like they wouldn't do that on the news today. Like they wouldn't break <laughs> that story. With a, I don't know. I, maybe they would. Next thing you know, some people show up at the house. It's this uh, guy and his sister. They turn out to be the siblings of the guy that was in prison. They're expecting to see him and that's when we find out. It's like, no, Sonny Chiba didn't bring him back to his apartment. They got rid of him or turned him over to whoever, and now he's escaped. Uh, and Sonny Chiba still wants to be paid, and the siblings are like, not until we see him and know for sure that he's alive. I think this is where we get our sort of first indication of how much Sonny Chiba likes to forcibly kiss uh, women in this. Oh, yeah. We get a fight. Sonny Chiba's got his home gym set up in the corner, which is kind of fun. Got to have your Nordic track. <laughs> it ends when the brother does a flying kick. And I should mention, they both fight. Like, Sonny Chiba absolutely fights this woman in this scene. Oh, yeah. She'll come back in the story later. But the, the brother goes a flying leap kick. Sonny Chiba ducks and goes right through the window. We get a great shot of him going head down, head first. Many, many stories and lands with a thud. Got some nice orange blood all over the sidewalk. <laughs> I feel like it's like you, you can't do justice to any of this without seeing it because of the way Sonny Chiba emotes in these fight scenes. Yeah. And honestly, even when he's not fighting. Oh, absolutely. Like I thought of the uh, Maori warriors, like that sort of like that tribal dance that they do. Even, you know, if you've seen Moana, okay, mm -hmm. you know, Maui, those harsh, extreme faces that they make when they're yeah. in the middle of this. I also thought of Craig a little bit, Big Trouble in Little China, right? You know, sure. the three bad guys, the elements or whatever, and like the sort of like, oh, like they're just like, you can see like they're about to plop, pop every blood vessel in their face at almost every moment. And they're just like silently like holding their breath, trying to like force out the most constipated poop right. for weeks. And uh, that's at like every third minute of the movie. Like there's some <laughs> version of that happening. I felt with Sonny, at least Sonny Chiba, if not Sonny Chiba and somebody else that he's fighting right. or not fighting sometimes, right? Yeah, and and like those those moments would go on for like a really long time mm -hmm. of, of not fighting, but just you hearing Sonny Chiba go, and I'd just be like, whoa. <laughs> 
what what is what is happening yeah so, sometimes i i legitimately was like i i think he got hurt in that one yeah but but then he's not or maybe he was and that was like him healing himself again it's super entertaining but it's really bizarre and i, I it's something i wasn't i wasn't counting on like you you would feel like seeing a little bit of that would make sense and and there's sort of a normal pace to that kind of thing that like if they did if they were, if they kind of went oh you know and then, yeah and then started fighting, but when they draw it out for twenty <laughs> seconds, it's, it's a whole other ball game. It is, and it's almost like he's animalistic at times too. Like the way he like moves his body and like crouches and sways side to side. It's like watching like a gorilla um, hunched over a little bit, and that sort of like sway that they do on on their like knees almost. Sadly, my daughter, who does take a, uh, she studies martial arts, as does my wife, um, with a, a very good trainer in town, and the martial art that they study is based out of Japan. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to go to class today. It didn't happen. I was hoping maybe I could ask. I was like, what is the origin of that specific thing exactly? That, yeah. like that control your breath kind of like puffing your chest up? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, a part of me just assumes that's movies. It could like that's be pure movie. It wouldn't surprise me at all. A better podcaster would have looked this up online before we had this conversation. I'm not that guy, obviously, so it didn't happen. Fair enough. But uh, for me, it's so important to this movie, though, that like to have that that sense of that because it really is. It's like ninety percent of Chiba's performance, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, but it's also it's. I don't know. I found it really watchable, even just as like. What am I seeing? Like, what? what is that? Yeah, what is it? Maybe one day we'll get an answer. But as I mentioned, that newscast, right? So that is what kicks off our plot. Like, Sonny Chiba goes to see these people who want to hire him to kidnap that girl. The people belong to the Yakuza. They are the only people in this movie that have guns, which, you know, it makes sense. And mm-hmm. uh, I do think, like, you know, America would have some way cooler movies uh, if we didn't have guns so sure. much available. You know, different styles of fighting and some interesting things there to replace it. I don't know. The Yakuza, it's like there's a guy that's sort of the mob boss of that. And there's a woman who I'm still not sure what her connection is entirely. There was mention of some company. Right. I don't know. I think the whole thing is that they want to get the girl for the for some ransom money or the money that she's supposed to inherit. They're going to sign over. I mean, that comes up a little bit later. Mm-hmm. I don't really know that it matters. But <laughs> yeah. what's important is that this is when Sonny Chiba puts his foot down and says, I'm not going to do it for, what was it? What did they offer? Six million yen. He wanted 60 million. He tries to walk away from them because he doesn't like Yakuza. They're punks, right? Right. Sonny Chiba is bound to no organization. He's not just going to be some henchman. Heck no. I think there's a brief fight there. I don't know. I don't remember. But the the, the sense is of the Yakuza is like, well, shit, we just told him our plan <laughs> to kidnap this woman. Right. So we can't just let him go walk around town knowing that that's what we were going to do. So we better kill him. After that happens was when I sort of got my first real taste of what I was hoping for. When... The sort of, uh, I don't know, I guess the, the next thug down the line, down the ladder of the Yakuza, he goes back to that apartment and we get another fight with like 10 other dudes this time. Yeah. And Sonny Chiba at one point punches that guy right in the face. And you get that quick cut and he just immediately spits out like 
27 of really fake looking teeth. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> but it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't kill the guy. Guy like spits up some blood with Sonny Chiba wipes across his face and is like basically delivering the message that you can't kill me and I'm not going to do what you want me to do. But nonetheless, I, and you remind me, does he go off to find this girl on his own? Or, or does that all kind of kick off from when he goes to the other karate dojo? Yeah, he goes looking for her. Okay. Because, right, like he, he's not going to go with Yakuza. Why? Because there's there's a Chinese elements or something? There was some of that, yeah. I mean, there's right. definitely the sense that... Uh, Chinese can't be trusted or something. Yeah, or and vice versa, I think, when we yes. meet some of those other guys. Um, you know, obviously there's some history there between those. Right. It seems as if he sets out to find her so that he can... At first I thought he was going to kidnap her himself and then find out who would pay the most for her or something like that. But that's clearly not what happened. He... He went to, I think, was he actually looking to get paid to protect her? Yes. I mean, ultimately, right. this is not a good guy, right? No. He's, he is a mercenary. He's driven by the money, although by the end of it, maybe, yeah, there's, there's some other stuff that comes into play. But he goes to this other dojo, and I don't remember what led him there exactly. But at this dojo... There are a large group of men studying under a guy who is the sensei, and I don't remember his name, but he's pretty short, and I think it would be fair to say he's fairly overweight. Yes. Well, that would be Kendo. Okay. Kendo is almost like your Miyagi character in this sure. world. He's kind of great. I'm gonna, I'll say this. They ca he, he's supposed to be a karate master. And yeah, they kind of cast this guy. He's he's a, he's a little, you know, he's a little roly poly, <laughs> not a tall guy, right? And so there's a part of me that felt like, oh, so it was like, is Sonny Cheaper just gonna walk in and just kick everybody's butt? Yeah. And well, that's not what happens. It's not what happens. And it's a pleasant surprise. He does kick some butt. Oh, absolutely. Was the girl the rich girl is at the dojo, right? Am I? Yes, okay. that's her uncle. Kendo's her uncle. This yeah. is all making sense now, Craig. I missed that entirely. <laughs> We're going to bring it all together for you tonight, Sean. Terry's going straight for the girl then. And of course, once he gets in the room where the girl is hiding, what does he do, Craig? He forces her to kiss him. He's got to kiss her. He just can't help himself. Uh, so wrong. It's terrible. Yeah, guys are trying to stop him. Right. They get down into the main part of the dojo, and Terry has some harsh words to say about the, I think he calls it like the garden school version of karate right. that they're studying there. He fights one-on-one -on -one with several of the students and then basically demands a fight with Kendo. Right. I really liked that sequence. I think that was yes. one of my favorite fights of the movie, A, because I could tell what was happening. Mm -hmm. And it was like you say, the casting was so good that you don't expect it. I mean, still that just, you know, it's that Miyagi thing. Like, it totally kind of works. Right. Well, and the other part of it for me is, maybe I was just being old-fashioned, but, like, Terry's such a bad guy. Yeah. Like he's such a bad guy. You just need a little comeuppance somewhere. Because otherwise the movie seems to be saying, no, this guy's good. Yeah. And then it becomes kind of kind of confusing. <laughs> yes, it does. You know? Like, you just want to see him get knocked down a peg. So, anyway. Yeah. No, there were times where I was thinking, I was like, this, is, this movie is almost like as if the Karate Kid was told from the Martin Cove character perspective. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're just seeing his whole life. 
And uh, but yeah, in that fight, you know, it becomes pretty apparent quickly that Kendo can more than fend for himself. And yeah. there's a lot of different things happening. There is a little bit of exaggeration here, even when with some of the throws, I think. And then there's mm-hmm. one like the way the fight ends, sort of like he tosses Terry, and Terry goes sliding across the ground and like hits his head on the board or whatever. So he's he's kind of like in a vulnerable position. And then Kendo really breaks it down and says, basically, I think I knew your father, and your father was filled with rage, and he studied. He was trying to mix a Chinese style of karate with a Japanese style and this like bastard hybrid version. Yeah. We get a flashback that is all but destroyed by the dubbing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Because it's black and white, you're in the rain, there's like soldiers there and it's another it's a firing squad, it's an execution scene not entirely unlike the opening. And there's this little Japanese boy, he's calling out for daddy. And it's so poorly acted in the dubbing. But the soldiers tell us that his father was a traitor, whatever that means, I don't know, and his mother was a whore. And so he he ends up watching his father get shot. But somewhere along the line here, we get a little bit of voiceover as if the father's dying words were, train hard, become a complete man. Trust no one. Just all this like... Like never lose or something. Yeah, again, total Cobra Kai uh, dojo rules stuff. <laughs> like yeah. No mercy, no fear. And so it's like, okay, well, I guess that's where that's where Sonny Chiba's coming from, right? That That's how Terry became Terry. Sure. I didn't mind that. That was kind of cinematic, you know? It's it's a little yeah. odd when, when it happens. Again, the acting's terrible, but... So that's where he's coming from, and they come to agreement that he's what he's going to try to hide this girl or protect the girl again. I think for money, right? He says, "Hire me." Kendo ultimately says he has faith in Terry as a man, which I'm guessing Terry hasn't heard a whole lot in his life. Yeah, not so much. But man, after this, I I, I got lost in the minutia of it a little bit. I mean, it is kind of like the girl, this poor girl, gets passed around and changes hands. From the mm-hmm. Yakuza to there's, we got to talk about this group in Hong Kong because I'm still completely baffled by who they are and what those guys are. But there's an element in Hong Kong that is looking, I think, for this girl as well. And is also where, tell me again, what's the guy's name? Junjo? Junjo, yeah. Junjo ends up, there's a bit of a brothel situation, and we find out that Junjo's sister, who was the first girl Sonny Chiba forcibly kissed, she's there too, I think, basically working as a sex slave. Yeah. Well, let's let, let's not say she's working as a sex slave. Sorry, yeah. I'm not sure that's, yeah, a legit job, but yeah. She's not punching a time clock? No. <laughs> yeah, she's not. Her no, heart's not in it. I don't think there's yeah. any benefits to that job. Yeah. Although she does mm. meet her brother, you know, so there's that. True. There's a blind guy who stabs people with a sword. There's another guy mm. that uh, is dressed like a genie. No, that was, that was a different group. He looks like he belongs in like Cirque du Soleil, and he's killing, sure. stabbing people with a little knife too. I really don't know who that group is or or those guys are. Do you? Uh, I don't. Outside of that, they are with Renzo. Okay. I think they are Renzo's squad, more or less. But yeah, like the way they're introduced, while interesting, it's kind of like that first scene where it's like, I don't know. I kind of don't know who all these people are or why. <laughs> Yeah. Why this is any of this is happening. Yep. There are some uh, Caucasian folks in there, though. I think one of them might have been like Eastern European Russian, although uh, I can't say for sure. But they're bad dudes. 
you know, a lot of what follows is delivering on, I think, the goods of the genre, right? It's it's a lot, a lot of fight scenes and Sonny Chiba trying to get this girl and protect her and Ratnose getting in his way from time to time. I don't know. Maybe we should just highlight some moments that stood out to you in some of these fights because I do think that's what, you know, that's what people are paying their ticket for at the Grindhouse, right? Yeah. Some of the extremism, some of the stuff that got the uh, rated X. So what are, what were some of the highlights for you in, in the actual fighting of the Street Fighter, Craig? Well, my my most favorite <laughs> punch of the entire thing yeah. is the one r- shortly after they've been picked up and dropped by a crane. The, the car is picked up and dropped like down into like this dry riverbed sort of situation. Yeah, it was like a lock system or something. I don't know what the hell that was, but yeah, it was empty. Yeah, weird. Yeah, all concrete anyway. That's all you need to know. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it would it would most likely kill most people, but <laughs> not Sonny Chiba, even though he he is bloodied. But anyway, uh, two gentlemen run up to the car after it's been dropped, and they both have guns. Clearly, they're going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, they open the door and he starts fighting them, and he jumps out and he's fighting them and. Uh, he, you know, he knocks one guy down, and that guy flails around in the water holding his arm. Mm-hmm. But but the other guy, he gets this guy, and he basically ends up punching the guy right in the top of the head, like straight down in the top of the head. Yeah. And for a moment, the 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 film goes to, like, what's supposed to be an X-ray of that guy's skull. You know, it's black and white, mm-hmm. and it's kind of this, this puppet skull head that you see this hand, like, <laughs> punch it. Yeah. And then, and then you cut back to you know the real uh, the real footage of what's going on, and that guy just spits out a ton of blood out of his mouth. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that was great. Yeah. I mean, if you have no money at all and you're putting that in your movie, like you are doing a fantastic job. There's a lot of good stuff in this thing, but that was my personal favorite. What about yours? Oh God, so many. But even there was another one in that fight scene with those two guys where, yeah. Sonny Chiba just he like steps on the guy and mm-hmm. of course like the camera is so smart in a lot of these moments they just stay on Sonny Chiba's face like and so it's like oh, you yeah. do get the gore in times and then the other times you're just on him and like you see it you can tell he's like twisting his foot and like the sound design you just hear these bones crunch like <laughs> multiple times and it yeah. stays on his face and he's doing that thing I think one of my favorite ones that was also, I oh God, like probably the grossest one, which is a weird thing to say because there's two others that would probably tip the scale, at least towards your X rating. Right. At one point, and I think maybe this was on like at the docks or on a barge, mm-hmm. he punches a dude so hard in his stomach that the guy slowly throws up <laughs> or like it's like, oh, yeah, like there's that like was... clear bile coming out of his mouth and then there's like that was pretty nasty. a little piece of a carrot or something there's like food it was <laughs> yeah and again it's like part of it's just cuz it's like it was it happened a little bit slowly right he didn't just immediately yes. vomit like the exorcist or anything like it was like <laughs> like slowly coming up so you know that actor had whatever that nasty shit was in his mouth just hanging yeah. on to that for some time you know, we do lose some body parts in some of these fights, Craig. Sure. Maybe we should mention two of the notable ones of those. There is a gentleman in this movie who, unfortunately, is the only African-American or black person on it. He could have been from Africa. Oh, God. The yeah. only darker-skinned gentleman in the entire movie. And 
he exists in this movie to rape anything that moves or tries to rape anything that moves. <sighs> tries it at least twice. Second time, eh, bad timing, sir. He uh, happens to uh, be interrupted by Mr. Chiba, who does indeed rip his junk off. Rips that junk right off. Yeah. Yeah. Does hold it up. Some of the boxers come with it. And so right. there's, there's some fabric and material sort of blocking what you know would be an obvious, just, just straight up dick shot. So Today it would. It would just be a pair of balls and a dick in there. Yeah. Like that's what it would be. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to do the honor of talking about the final shot of the movie? And we'll just do that one right now, too. Absolutely. Uh, well, he, he uh, what Sonny does in this last maneuver is that he uh, he pulls off what has since come to be known as a roadhouse in which <laughs> he, he he's he's taken a beating. I think he's been stabbed. He's taken a beating. He's yep. on the ground and he waits for the guy to come down. And kind of give him a punch close. And when the guy comes down, Sonny Chiba jams his hand up into the guy's throat and just rips the throat out. And then a moment later, you kind of see him like pull into frame what's clearly like chicken gizzards or something. Oh, yeah. Like there's, but it's it looks super nasty. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of smiles at it. <laughs> yes, as he does. You know, as Sonny Chiba would. Yep. Uh, you know, he's just super happy that he pulled this guy's throat completely out of his neck. That was pretty, that was pretty graphic. Pretty graphic. And I also yeah. just love that, like, that is the literal end of the movie. <laughs> he stands up yeah. and holds up the throat. I mean, there's almost throat. nothing left yeah. after that. Yeah. Holds up the throat and you get the words to the end. Yeah. But yeah, you know, obviously there's plot happening in between there. And some of it's significant and some of it's not. I mean, I think to me, the sort of like bigger moments of the movie happens actually between Sonny Chiba and Ratnose, and it's sort of that character arc. And it happens when Sonny Chiba and Ratnose have got the girl out of actually the rapist's uh, room, and it's after that she's put on a, a little speedboat. Sonny Chiba is captured. He's tied up to a tree, basically, Kane, they're trying to get the location of the girl, that information, out of him. Mm-hmm. Well, sure enough, Ratnose, who was supposed to whisk this girl away, shows up because he basically loves Terry. I don't know why. I don't remember if that information was given. Did Terry do something to save his it life at some point? Definitely was not clear. Uh, you are just supposed to accept that this guy would absolutely love this other guy who shows him absolutely no love whatsoever. <laughs> yes. None whatsoever. Yeah. He comes back, and then the accusers are putting the screws to him. It looks like the very bad woman is going to play Russian roulette with Sonny Chiba's head. There's two rounds in the chamber, and it's only a matter of time before his brains will be blown out. So Ratnose spills the beans about where the girl is. And man, Sonny Chiba is pissed. He gives mm-hmm. him a look, and sure enough... They're going to kill Sonny Chiba anyway, and I loved that shot. One of the guys from Hong Kong is basically saying that he wants to be the one to do it, and he's got this very large, almost what I think of like Arabian sword, I guess. I don't know what those things are called. Instead of cutting his head off, I still don't know if this was intentional or what exactly. Maybe I should have. He cuts the rope that Sonny Chiba was tied to, and Chiba goes falling backwards in a you know, very wide shot. You see this body, which I obviously I guess was a dummy, like <laughs> bounce off the side of a cliff. Yeah. 
And then you get like these close shots of him like falling through the air straight down into a river. Yeah. I, I loved that moment. Somehow Ratnose got out of there and he goes down and he tries to save Sonny. But then sadly, Sonny Chiba's own aggression ends up hurting the people he cares about the most. Even though oh, saying he cares about special. the most means, yeah, not really at all. But uh, no. poor Ratnose shows up when Sonny Chiba is fighting on the dock. Well, he, he's fighting the blind guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so he's fighting the blind guy. The blind guy has a sword or a staff or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Ratnose is on his motorcycle and kind of like like flying at him, but that was all he was doing from what I could tell. Oh, I, th- I thought Sonny Chiba accidentally killed oh, him. Oh, I didn't think so. I I, th- I thought it was, uh, oh, I mean, maybe, uh, what happened? Because Ratnose goes careening into a wall. Yeah. Blasts his head all over the place. Well, maybe but he I, just got I, hurt. I, in I the... thought the blind guy like like gave him a good swipe. Okay. Well, because I thought, well, that's really emotional because, like, he opens up the helmet goggles and sees that it's rat nose. And it's like, oh, shit. You know, he felt, you could see he felt some some sadness there. The rat nose well, was. Well, no. Being... I mean, <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. No, no. Well, it says you don't think uh, it was... when, when Terry struggles fighting with a blind samurai working for the Hong Kong gangsters, Rakuta dies by his sword. But I'm not sure which his that means. Yeah, dang it. Why well, can't I remember that? I, I I was pretty sure that the the blind guy uh, is the one who gave him the okay the business, and then but but because Ratnose did that, Terry got the upper hand. Was able hand. to live, yeah. But yeah, he so and and yes, and he and he actually sheds a single tear for this guy who he has like completely uh, been disgusted by for the entire run of this movie. Yeah, he did teasingly tell him earlier, I think, on the beach after he fell off that entire cliff into the river and lived that Ratnose shouldn't cook chicken anymore. They got a nice little yeah. laugh out of I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the final showdown, I thought all that stuff was pretty interesting. It, it happens on this, like, massive barred ship where the, somehow the Yakuza is on it. Some reason the Yakuza is on there. The girl's on there. So all your, like, main players on there. And Sonny mm-hmm. Chiba's fighting his way up these balconies. There's some great shots. There's a guy that gets tossed off a balcony. And, like, the way he lands is, like, it is just head first in the most disgusting way. Yes. But the final showdown ends up happening between Sonny Chiba and that prisoner. And that was all set up in that opening because he said, one day I would love to have a death match with you. Because again, two different styles of karate. I mean, that's enough to warrant eternal hate, I guess. Indeed. So yeah, be careful what school you choose is, is the, the lesson here. The other sibling, the, the young woman is there too. And so you get this nice fight there in the rain on the deck of this barge. It's kind of the last few standing. But the young woman, she jumps in the fight. She bear hugs Sonny Chiba and has her brother, Junjo, stab Sonny Chiba through her body, which is kind of great. And it worked. Well, and it, you know, well, it, that was the plan all along? I don't know. I don't think it was a plan all along. I just in that okay. moment. Yeah. She tells him to do it. And like he hesitates and doesn't want to. But then, yeah, he, oh, gotcha, he gotcha. runs his sword uh, or that little dagger thing through her body and ends up wounding Sonny Chiba to the point which then allows him to, you know, stand over him and get his throat ripped out. So, yep, we have her to thank for all of that. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, it's an experience of a movie. Sure. I, I don't know. Is there anything else plot wise that was of note to you? Well, I mean, the thing that we skipped over and that honestly, even the even the short write up that I found here also skipped over was the plot that's going on outside of Sonny, like beating people up is super complex with the girl. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's 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 basically yeah, it's like it's like these these energy companies that are maneuvering to uh, be a bigger energy company or something. <laughs> it's just every time they come back to it, it's kind of like oh yeah, yeah, like this is this is going on. Like okay, because that's one thing that happens on the ship is they get on the ship and then there's a guy there who I didn't remember, but I guess was in the beginning. He's like, oh, sign this. And the girl doesn't want to sign it, but it's basically like signing over the company to him yeah. or, or to the Yakuza or whatever. And yeah, it's just like, okay, wow. Like that that's not really tied in much with our hero or anything. Like no one seems to really care about any of that stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I so, don't. I know that much. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would I would imagine that's the last thing anyone's thinking about when they walk out of that movie. But, but yeah, it's just interesting. There's a whole thing going on. Yeah under all of it but yeah but it's all it's all good excuses for terry to f people in the a and i mean i guess you had to service all that stuff i do think it still leaves like an i don't want to say like a an unclear resolution to the arc that that was began at kendo's dojo with the whole father backstory Right. And maybe that's part of this movie being clearly planned to have sequels so much so that it tells you that Terry's coming back in Return of the Street Fighter in the closing titles there. Right. Like, is he a changed man? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I mean, did he, he does not yeah. at all seem to be changed. Like the, the biggest change I saw seemingly was Renzo. Okay. Right. Initially, Renzo, the guy with the with the big curved sword the dragon sword or whatever yes at first it seemed like he was gonna fight sunny to the death mm-hmm. by the end he didn't like how the yakuza shot sunny during the fight he was insulted by the fact that like someone would do that during an otherwise honorable fight that's right. how i took it yep and so renzo just cut those guys up just sliced him and diced him. Yeah, which I guess means that he intentionally cut Sonny free when he was tied to the tree of the cliff. Yes. You know, the way it shot, it was, it was very confusing to me. I, I feel like Renzo is on his side at the end. I think so too, but do you think that somehow means like there's a newfound, like it's about the respect for the different styles of karate that they, they have or is like that? I mean, because I can't tell what those styles are just watching them. Right. I mean, that seemed to be sort of like the impetus of why he didn't get along with uh, the roly-poly guy, you know, or at least like when he walked in that dojo, it's just like, okay, by the end of this movie, he's going to have a better understanding of like what karate really is or like what this means and how it's, you know, there's honor in all and it's okay to trust people. And yeah, I don't don't know. I'm not sure that (laughs) I don't know know that that happened per se in this movie, but maybe it happens in part two or part three. I don't know. (laughs) So, Something like that. Yeah. That's all I got on this movie. Again, like you, you're watching it for the fight scenes and the choreography, and, and there's some good stuff here. There's some fun stuff here. There's some bloody, nasty, disgusting stuff here. If that's your cup of tea, it feels like either you've seen this already or you should. It's on Amazon. I don't think it looked very great. It looked about like VHS to me. Yeah. So you might want to like see if you can track down that Shout Factory uh, Blu-ray from this year. That might be a better option. Or maybe they, they also have that transfer perhaps on iTunes or elsewhere. Overall, Craig, let's go back to this. Thumbs, let's just do straight up thumbs up, thumbs down. This is gladiator style. What do you say about Street Oof. Fighter? I mean, I would have to give it a thumbs up. I, I feel like more people than not, if you recommended they watch that movie... Even if they didn't love it, they would not be disappointed. They would not be bored. 
it's really something to see. Yeah. But so I, I would give it a thumbs up for for that reason alone. What about you? If I could break that down into categories, I would have some some thumbs down in there. But I'm with you. Like overall, it's like especially if you know listening to this now that it's gonna be a little bit of time before you get to the in- sheer fighting insanity. Yeah. You're golden. Yeah. You know you'll understand. Uh, where Tarantino was coming from when he cast Sonny Chiba in Kill Bill. Exactly. All right, Craig. Well, we're coming back next week to tee up a different movie with a very fun title. So look for that. But it's also kind of ticking around the same era. I think maybe a different style of martial arts. We'll find out and probably won't understand some of that either. But hey, that's part of the fun of these. And uh, I hope everybody will join us. You have any last words, sir? Yeah, uh, don't make that chicken. I still kind of wanted to eat that chicken. Yeah, I know. All right, we'll talk next time. Bye. All right, bye-bye.